to the Inspired by Adventure podcast, bringing you the adventure across the airwaves. Here's your host, Cole Watkins. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Inspired by Adventure podcast. My name is Cole Watkins, and today we have the president of international business development for SSI, a legend in his own right, Doug McNeese. How are you doing today, Doug? I'm wonderful. <laughs> thank you for your kind words. I'm not so sure about a legend, but thank you for your kind words. I definitely consider you a legend in the in the dive industry. So I'm I'm really excited to have you on today, and just a really nice guy from every every few in, um, uh, interactions you and I have had. So it's a pleasure to have you on today, and uh, we just want to hear the the Doug McNeese uh, story. We want to hear from from the beginning. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure about. Um, a legend. Maybe I'm more of a uh, dinosaur. I've been around for a long time. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, the story is pretty simple. Um, I've gathered really good people around me and um, been able to do a lot of things in the industry. And I give credit to them, not to me. And I'll just simply say that that's been my whole life. Um, like a lot of people in the industry that's been in as long as I have, they all started with Sea Hunt, and you know, people of your age wouldn't even know who Sea Hunt is or Lloyd Bridges, but everybody knows the Cousteaus and got really inspired by the Cousteaus. Um, and my mother and father started our business in 1961, wow. January the 1st, 1961. So our business is 60 years old now. Wow. Um, and quite frankly, I didn't understand because uh, I was only, um, what would that be, uh, nine years old uh, yeah. when they started the business. And, and we, he was a true merchant. Uh, we owned a jewelry store, a record store, and a toy store. And he wanted to quit working seven days a week doing something he didn't want to do. And if he's going to work seven days a week, do something that he loved. Okay. And we used to sit on the TV and sit in front of the TV and hold our breath watching Sea Hunt, even though we didn't realize they were cutting the exhaust hose of a double hose regulator. We thought the guy was drowning and uh, got into diving and fell in love. Um, and so there shortly thereafter, uh, he went and did everything he possibly could, as my dad always did. And um, soon thereafter, opened a store. And it was a, a big struggle, a huge struggle, as a matter of fact. Um, didn't know if we were ever going to make it. I mean, from, from the early days on, you can imagine being in Memphis, Tennessee in the winter, and you're starting a dive store, and you don't have the population to even understand what diving is, and you're trying to create a business out of that. Right. Um, being a, a merchant, he had um, a watch business and a diamond business, and he kept the diamonds in order for him to be able to sell those on the side to finance the dive store. Wow. And so long about maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years, uh, he realized things were getting really difficult. And so he started a bag business, a dive bag, if you will. There were none in the industry. And so he started a little company called Sports Leather Products Company. And it was, you know, I don't know, 
call it a three foot long bag with gun ties on the side. So you could tie your spear gun on the side, put all your dog gear inside the bag and take off and go to the lake and shoot fish and have fun. And you know, that kind of thing. And believe it or not, that's what saved the store. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the age of 13, <laughs> I would come home from school and go and cut bags in order to keep the seamstresses busy to put bags together the next day. And that was my job every day after school. And so um, I kind of, if you want to say it, grew up in the business. I really did grow up in the business and all facets of it. I fell in love with it. Um, quite frankly, it's like a whole lot of people in the industry. It bit me and it bit me hard. And so I ended up at 16 years old going to work in the retail store, uh, became the number one salesman in the store and realized this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I finished high school and started into college, got the business education behind me so that I can be smart about what I did in business. And, um, and then went to my dad and asked him if I could purchase the business from him. Well, I had five sisters and my father was Scott and he was Irish and he wasn't going to give me anything. You can earn it if you want to, but I'm not going to give it to you said, because if you earn it, then at least you'll, you'll appreciate it and you'll do more with it. So that's exactly what we did. And as I said, um, it took me seven years. Yes. Yeah, 75 to 82 took me seven years to paying for the business. And he was generous, I say, uh, you know, probably the business would have been worth more to somebody else, you know, but to me, he was doing it the right way. And, and, uh, and so I, I worked hard and, and uh, I was married. I had uh, two children by that time. And so, you know, we were just into it. And from that point forward, um, in 1987, we started expanding the business and we expanded into four locations in the southeastern part of the United States. The key to all of this, I guess, was to make sure that I made a, a presentation and a monument to, for my mother and father. So in 1993, I built my dream store and uh, with a pool inside and the whole nine yards, and I dedicated that building to my mother and father. And that was January the 11th of 1993. And then, believe it or not, as fate will have it, uh, I had two passions growing up. Uh, first passion was retail, still is today, I, even though I don't work in the store and I haven't for the last 27 years, almost 28 now. Um, I will tell you that it still gets into my blood uh, and it's a, it will always live with me. But the other passion I have is training. And um, I uh, grew up um being involved in all facets of training in our store, which also made the training agency I was with look at me and say, hey, we need you to come and work with us. And that training agency was NASDS, National Association of Scuba Diving Schools. Um, an old agency started in 1961, 62, something like that. Uh, been around in a long time. And quite frankly, um, in 1993, I got an opportunity to buy that agency. And I walked out of my dream store <laughs> and started a training agency business in Memphis, Tennessee, across the street from the dive shop. Hmm. So I guess 
really cold, what happens is, is that you get to a place in your life where you feel like you've done what you need to do and you put all of the systems in place in order to allow other people to rise to that level as well. And then you realize you just worked yourself out of a job. <laughs> and so a lot of people would probably be happy with that and say, I can go off and go do something else. But I wasn't. I wanted to do more. And so I bought NESDS, moved to Memphis, and um, we started and hit the ground running hard. And we changed the entire education program. Full color manuals, spiral bound, you know, a coffee table piece that you could lay down and people could pick up really colorful with colorful fish, you know, and it was just, it was a piece that made people feel like they were part of something when they were taking the course. Yeah. We did that for, um, from 93 to 98. And I got a phone call from Mr. Bob Clark. Bob Clark was the CEO of SSI. And he said, Hey, Doug, we're heading down parallel paths. Maybe we should put our two companies together. And I thought about it and uh, talked to my wife and I said, they're in Colorado. We're in Memphis, Tennessee. Are you ready to pack up the family and move? And she said, I'm behind you. Whatever you do, that's what we'll do. Right. So I walked out of the, <laughs> the office that day, packed everything up and shipped it all off to Colorado in January of 1993. And uh, we were, um, excuse me, 1999, sorry. I said 93 is when I started NASDS, but when 1999 and when we merged with SSI. I thought that SSI just bought NASDS, and that's not at all the case. What happened was that uh, we merged, and I took ownership in the bigger company. And then from there, we started working hard to pull all those parts and pieces together, not only in the United States, but around the world. Um, my goal when I got there, and I made no bones about it, is that I wanted to buy the company. And so Bob knew that. And so somewhere around 2007, we started that conversation. And uh, in 2008, along with Robert Stoss from Germany and Guido Witzig from Germany, the three of us uh, bought the company in March of 2008. Okay. Once again, <laughs> We wanted to change the company. So the company had gotten to a certain level with uh, what we had done with uh, the Clarks and NASDS and SSI merging. And now it was time to take it to an, another level. And in, the difference, I guess, Cole, is that every time I've ever done anything in my life, it's not about me. It's about what can we do to take the company and make it better for all the participants and not just the dealers and pros, but also for the end user. Because at the end of the day, it's the end user that drives our business and not necessarily us. You know, we got to think, and, we, and we, we all too often forget that and we shouldn't because that's what's important about our business is the end user and the experience that they have. So, um, we knew that the next step we had to make somewhere in that mix was going to be taking the company digital. So somewhere around 2011, we started looking into hot and heavy, how we were going to be able to put that together. And, and then a phone rang in 2012 
once again, it seems like these phones start ringing. And um, the guys from HEAD um, knew what we were trying to accomplish and said, hey, would, it, would there be a possibility that we could acquire you? And so the three of us got together and said, you know what? This is another step in the right direction. They have the infrastructure. They have the, uh, the technology. They have everything we need in order to take SSI and launch it into truly the 21st century. And so um, that's exactly what we did. So in December of 2013, the deal was consummated. And January 1 of 2014, we were now owned by HIT. Once again, there's a lot of fallacy out there. People thought that Mares bought SSI, and that was not at all the case. Yes, Head owns Mares as well, but the reality is that Head is what bought, what acquired our company, and we uh, run those two companies separately. Head, I mean, excuse me, Mares does what they do, and they have Mares accounts that are whatever agency they want to be, and their SSI accounts of whatever manufacturer they want to choose. So even though we are sister companies and we try our best to use synergy everywhere we can, we don't necessarily preclude anything for anybody for whatever they want to do. So that was a really big deal for us to do that. Well, January 15th. This is how close we were when we actually did the deal with HEAD. In January of 2015, after one year, we were able to launch digital education. Okay. <laughs> and I have to tell you that I was scared to death. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, you've been in this book printing world for all these years and you just don't know how everybody's gonna react. Are they gonna flip out? Are they gonna be excited? What's going to happen? Right. What we thought would take place and what happened were two different things. Hmm. We thought that 30% of our customers would want digital and 70% would want the physical printed product. Okay. What we want. It was exactly the opposite. Really? It ended up being 70% wanted the digital and 30% wanted the physical. But okay. it didn't take long, Cole, for that to completely change. I don't mind telling you that in 2019, I don't know for 2020, but in 2019, for the world, we sold 800, not 800,000, not 8,000, 800 printed manuals. Okay. So that kind of shows you that where the consumer wants their experience to be is in the palm of their hand or on their iPad or on their computer. They want the convenience of opening it up anytime that they want to open it up. And they also don't want it to be dependent on having a internet connection. They want it to be that they can actually download the product and be able to view it anytime that they want to. Interesting. Like if they were on a, if they were out, you know, somewhere that doesn't have good signal, like if exactly. they're driving. You could be out hiking, as I know you do with your family. Yeah. You could be out hiking, Cole, and you could actually pull up your phone and study right out there in the woods if that's what you wanted to do. Mm. So the beauty behind all that was is that an understanding in 2019 that we didn't sell any manuals, guess what we now offer? We now offer for the students, if they want printed material, they can just click a button on their phone and they can actually print 
the material if that's what they want to do. Okay. We SSI no longer offer any physical printed manuals. Really? So we have physical material. Certainly we will always have physical material. There are certain things you have to have for instructors and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, instructor, um, cue cards and log books and things of that nature that people want. Good. But the reality is everything has become digital. I don't know if you have it or not, Cole, but you know, if you pull it up on your phone, I do. Uh, you actually can use, let me see if I got mine. Sorry. I moved away from the camera. Um, but when you pull it up on your phone, the reality is that what's so cool is this little app will pop up and you've got everything possible right here at the touch of your fingers. So first is programs and cards. So there's every program that I've ever taken that's stored in the SSI, my SSI system. Mm-hmm. Here are the cards that I keep on file. Or these are the ones I need when I travel. And you know what's funny? You People leave their cards at home all the time, but they don't leave their phones at home. So right. guess what's always with you when you got the app? You've got your cards with you. Same thing goes with, we ask people, why, do you quit, why did you quit logging your dives? And they said it wasn't fun anymore. It was boring. Okay. So we said, what can we do to make it fun? <laughs> so guess what? Now we have a digital log book and you can star the dive. You can say, I saw sharks. You can QR code each other to, to transfer information back and forth for your buddies. You can log in all your buddies and you can pick and choose for whoever you like to dive with. All of these things are possible that were not possible before without having to physically write it down. Now, that's not to say that there aren't people out there that still like to write it down. That's great. Let them do that. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the user experience, the more we do in the user experience, obviously, the better off we are. Sure. So I think of this as being the cat's meow, if you will, to the whole process of the consumer experience. Yeah. So I, you know, the, the more I talk to you about this, the more excited I get yeah. because today I can tell you we have 68 products in 41 languages. There are no barriers anymore in the world. Nobody has to wait on a product for us. Not one product do they have to wait on. You could be sitting in Thailand and you've got a, um, I don't know, a, um, a, a Japanese customer and they need to take the open water program. Great. Click on open water, scroll down to the Japanese language, click on the Japanese language and there it is. Wow. I mean, I think that that's to me the, the greatest thing that we did. We took down all the barriers around the world so that consumers could have the experience. Here in, in, in the United States, a great example of that is um, uh, a, a Hispanic customer walks into the store. And while they speak broken English, wouldn't they rather take their program in their native tongue? Well, certainly they would. Or a, an Italian or a German or a whatever it may be. And the coolest thing ever is, no matter what language it's in and what page that they're on, they're always the same for the instructor teaching the program. So he always knows exactly what content is on that page. So to put this much detail and energy and effort into putting all that together, I can only tell you it's the, 
it is truly the greatest thing that has ever been accomplished in the diving industry, in my humble opinion. And I'm not patting me on the back because I that's not me. I, I didn't do any of these things. I just happened to be party to what has taken place. So once again, I'll tell you, it's not about whether or not we were selling a company or acquiring a company, it was always about moving the industry forward and being a part of that. And that to me is the coolest thing ever. Now, as far as me, <laughs> I still love to dive. Um, I uh, unfortunately was booked to be in the Galapagos um, last August, that didn't work. Um, Thank goodness that Aggressor has uh, given us the grace of being able to rebook that trip. So we rebooked that trip. Um, but, you know, um, I'll, I'll say that whether it's Galapagos, whether it's Cocos, whether it's Maldives, I am still that guy that loves to go diving. And I think I'll always love to go diving. And I've always made it a part of our family. And a matter of fact, I don't have any son-in-laws in my family that that don't die. And the reason for that is if you're going to be in this family, we go diving and therefore you have to become a diver. If you want to ask for my wife, my daughter's hand in marriage, it's just that simple. So yeah. <laughs> that's us. Good. I love that. Uh, I, 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 I gotta ask, uh, did you guys, what type of uh, growth did you guys see once you did make that switch over to digital as far oh as, gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, let me say that SSI has been, uh, number two in the industry for a very long time. Um, and so I, I'm proud to, to say that out of all the training agencies that are out there, uh, we've held the number two position for um, at least the last, I don't even know, 25 years, I would say, in that neighborhood, 21 to 25 years. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing because I'm, I'm going back in my own timeline to kind of figure out where that was. Um, but you know, when, when you sit in that position, you have to remember why you sit in that position. And SSI is a, um, a physical plant location business. In other words, we do business where the customers walk through the door and, uh, and we don't have uh, an independent instructor base. All of our instructors have to work through the dive center. So therefore we are limited by the number of facilities that we have around the world. Um, and um, I will tell you that going digital allowed us to acquire centers all over the world who wanted to be with us, but they couldn't understand how do I buy a product from here at this particular agency and then buy a product from your agency, have them all shipped in over the, the, the uh, ocean and have to have them in all these different languages that just doesn't make logistical sense. Right. When you take down all those barriers, guess what happens, Cole? People realize there is a choice and they make that choice. And for that reason, we have grown tremendously and I'll leave it at that. I don't want to brag and I don't want it to, to, to feel like that we're, we're saying something that's not true, but we have just had amazing growth because we've been able to do something that needed to be done for a long time and to be a modern company, taking care of our customers and giving them the best experience possible. You know, you said to me when we started, you went on YouTube, mm -hmm. you found a video about me. Yep. And um, I'm going to tell you that we did the same when we were putting all these products together. 
you know, everything we do now is a short snippet video. There's nothing long and boring about our videos. They're short snippets. They tell you exactly what you need to know. Then the written word that's right below that, as well as animations and graphics of that same topic. And what I'm so amazed by is customers come to class better prepared than they've ever been prepared in the past because it's engaging. It keeps you engaged. As well, you can't go on Google and Google all the review questions and get the answers to them to come to class. You physically have to take the program because it pulls questions from a database. So in other words, Cole's at the end of a chapter, he does the review questions. If you miss one, it makes you take it over. But then it rearranges all the questions so that you can't just simply take it over and over till you get it right. right. So to me, that's that was one of the beauties of how we moved the company forward to make people really feel engaged about what they were doing. Interesting. Yeah. Now, is there any plans on 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 going forward with SSI that you're that you guys have or? Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's always something going on. Um, you know, 2020 was a strange year, as we all know. And um, I will just simply say that we didn't stop, not one bit. Um, we're trudging forward with new products and new programs. Um, you're going to see some exciting things coming down the pike. Um, and I will just simply tell you that um, I'm excited about the future. I think the future of diving is bright. Um, yeah, sure, there's going to be some bumps in the road like COVID that's, that we've all had to deal with. But you know what? Um, the more exciting and engaging we make diving, the more customers want to be a part of it. And we just have to make sure that we make it available to everybody. And, uh, and that, that include, when I say everybody, I'm talking about whether it's the, the, the single groups or the, the uh, married couples with families or whatever it may be, we just got to be all inclusive about what we're doing. But man, oh man, I, yeah, we had to change the way we did things in 2020, Absolutely. but I saw lots of people taking private class mm -hmm. and private classes just simply means they become more comfortable quicker. And when they become more qu comfortable quicker, what do they do? They make a commitment to the sport. They buy the equipment and they want to go diving. So while things might not have been as rosy as they could have been in 2020, I will tell you that we had a great year <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave it at that and say that it's all in how you approach it. And we simply approached it by teaching all of our pros how to do virtual training and distance learning using the exact same tool you're using today, Zoom. Whether it's Zoom or whether or any other platform that's out there that you can use, the reality is that once you teach somebody how to use the tool, guess what? They can be sitting at home and people that are divers that are excited, like your customers for aggressor, right? They're wanting to get ready for another trip. Well, they can still do dry specialties all day long, you know, and they don't have to walk into the store or didn't have to walk into the store when things were locked down. So we just simply got busy really quickly and took the bull by the horns and helped all of our, our training centers do a better job. That's all. Was there any big obstacle during the 2020 time that you guys were having a hard time with as far as adjusting to doing yeah. more? The, the only adjusting was is teaching all, all of the training centers and the pros 
to use these tools. <laughs> and sometimes that's always seems to be the, the, the battle, which is why I said in 2015, I was a little bit nervous when we ripped that Band-Aid off because, you know, you don't know how sophisticated um, all of the dealers are and, and, and using the technology that we have that's available to us today. Sure. 2020 forced a lot of people to come into the 21st century <laughs> and use those tools, which I think is kind of a, a, a big positive, if you will. So, yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Well, what would you, let's, let's do on this, uh, this, this route. What would you tell someone who may be interested in diving that's listening today? How, what would you, how would you encourage them? What would I tell them? <laughs> well, I'll just simply say that, um, If you have any love for water at all and you have a desire to stick your head underwater and to be able to see an entirely different world and visit the 70% of this planet that's covered by water, all I can tell you is you'll never ever have to plan another vacation. You'll just have to plan where, what destination you want to go to. Um, it, it is the single most exciting thing I ever get to do. Still today, I mean, when I put my head under that water for the very first time on a trip, I still have that same level of excitement. I can't wait, you know. Um, whether it's to go to the Cayman Islands and get next to the reef and see all the little macro things that you can see or the big pelagics of Socorro or the Maldives or Cocos or um, Galapagos, whatever those things are, the reality is that there's so much for us to do. And you know what? Anybody can do it. If you have any kind of a desire at all, anybody can do this sport. Some people excel in it faster than others, but that's okay. That's just called learning. That same thing happens in everything that we do in life, whether it's playing the most frustrating game in the world of golf. I mean, whatever it may be, you got to realize that this is something that will get in your blood and it will stay with you. And it's something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. Um, and something you can do single, married, with a family, uh, Parents, grandparents, you name it, you can all be together doing this. And I just can't think of a better, better activity to do than scuba diving. It makes me emotional thinking about it. Yeah. Do you have one certain place that you consider your favorite area to dive? Well, <clears throat> yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I, um, I've told my family that when I die, um, I want to be cremated. And uh, some people don't necessarily agree with that. And, and I'm sorry if I'm saying something on the air, I shouldn't, but I'm just going to tell you, I want to be cremated. Mm -hmm. And my family knows that I want you to take me to Palau and go to a particular dive site called Blue Corner. Yep. And I want you to sprinkle my ashes there. And that's where I want to spend eternity. Wow. Um, I went to Palau in 1984 for the very first time. And I have to tell you that um, one of the most spectacular dives I've ever done in my entire life, uh, the Gargonia, the sea fans, 
the turtles, the rays, um, the motorcycles, the saddleback butterflies. I mean, you name it. Everything was on this reef and the wall started in six feet of water <laughs> and it vertically dropped to 6,000 feet. Wow. But what's so cool about it is that as it goes back into the lagoon, it makes a 90 degree angle at the end of this reef. Mm -hmm. And um, and as you get toward the end of the reef, you feel the current pushing you. And uh, and you look out into the blue water and hear are all these stennets um, and schooling fish, whether it's horse-eyed jacks or whatever it may be, all these schooling fish are out there. And as you get to that corner, you better grab on to something because the current's about to sweep you into the, the lagoon. And you actually have to hang on. And now today, thank goodness, they put out uh, anchors with ropes so that they don't anybody doesn't disturb the, the uh, coral. Right. But reality is, is that you'll have sharks swim right up to you because they're so close to you. You're just in this water and it's moving past you. You turn your head, it'll knock your mask off your face. Wow. So it is such an exciting dive that when you let go, you feel like you're free falling. You're free falling up doing your safety stop. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I have a favorite dive, but you know what, Cole, I could say that about hundreds of dives. Mm -hmm. This one just sticks in my mind as being that dive, probably the most electric, colorful, uh, dive I've ever been on with soft corals that were just, I mean, electric. I mean, it was just amazing. So yeah, I, I have a, <laughs> several dives like that. Uh, I've been on dive with Wayne in the same way that we've seen some really incredible stuff together. And um, if, for the people that don't know Wayne, Wayne Brown, who is the CEO of, of uh, Aggressor. And um, yeah, um, diving is just something you, that there's so much diversity to it. You just never get tired of it. Never. You know, and uh, I've got dives planned again for next year. <laughs> Let's hope we get to go on. I'm excuse me, this year. Yeah. Hope we get to go on all of them. But uh, yeah, something I love. Well, let's. Uh, I, I'd like to before we wrap up. I'd love to hear your experience uh, when, in in the trips you've taken with Aggressor. Oh my goodness, too many to mention. Starting back in Cayman, my God, <clears throat> too many. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you all the trips I've been on. Probably one of my favorite trips though is Cayman. Um, just because it's close in proximity and easy to get to. And, and uh, when you get on the boat, uh, you can generally just go across to my favorite place in the Caribbean, which is Little Cayman. Mm -hmm. I love Bloody Bay Wall. Um, I, I will always love Bloody Bay Wall. I love Sand Chute. Um, you know, all the dives that are in uh, Little Cayman are not as, um, there are not as many people diving those walls as they are in some other places. And so, to me, it's still very pristine, if you will, over in Little Cayman. So uh, you get to do um, all ends of the island when you're on the boat. Uh, you're not, you know, locked into a landlocked boat that can only go so far and, and, and get to the reefs. Uh, being on the boat gives you so much diversity, no matter how bad or good the weather is, you get to see all the sides. So if it's bad on one side, then take the boat and go on the other end, you know? And so I love that. Um, I don't love it when you can't make the crossing over to Little Cayman, but beyond that, <laughs> it's still one of my favorites. Um, um, 
Turks and Caicos is an, a, another one of my uh, favorite trips to go on. Again, the boat can take you places that nobody else can get to, and you get to see the the pelagics once more, you know, with the sharks. And I'm a, a big shark fan. I love all the sharks, and and so, um, you know. Uh, Galapagos, I mean, <laughs> another one of my favorite trips. So I could go on and on and on, Cole, about aggressor. Um, I am a liveaboard person. And I'll tell you what I tell people all the time. It's where toes are in and ties are out. So you don't, you get on the boat, you put on your, your shorts and t-shirt, and that's what you live in for the rest of the week that you're there. And I just absolutely love that. I love the fact that, you know, when people get on the boat, they can't go anywhere. They literally are there, you know, and you can dive as much as you want to, or you can not dive, you know? I mean, there are times when people say, hey, Doug, night dive or Chardonnay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'll take the Chardonnay because I've done enough night diving in my life. and Maybe I want to relax at the end of the day. But, you know, um, I, I, I guess there's really not any place Cole, that I wouldn't go on an aggressor. Uh, Cocos, I mean, goodness gracious, I was scheduled to go to Cocos too. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, but, I, you know, they're all different, but all amazing. And I guess that's what makes aggressor the company that it is. I mean, what, what, what are we up to now? 27 yachts? It's, um, yeah let's get it's up there we we lose track here in the marketing department too because it's so many boats or stuff. yeah i mean think so, about that i mean de the destinations that you go to is unbelievable yeah yeah, yeah. it's cool stuff you know and and I, and again liveaboards are my thing i i would much rather be in a liveaboard than be in a land base any time any day just because you get to see things that you won't get to see else, you know mm -hmm. so i love that Absolutely do. You didn't ask me one question though, Cole. What's that? What's my motivation? Okay. I got a wife and I got four daughters mm -hmm. and they've always been my motivation and they still are today. The difference is I got a wife <laughs> and I've got four daughters and I've got now soon to be in March, seven granddaughters. You see, I don't know. I don't know what happened in this world, but I grew up with five sisters. Now I've got a wife and four daughters, and my first grandbabies are seven granddaughters. Wow. I either did something wrong or did something really right. Because <laughs> the good Lord's looking down and he's got a sense of humor, I guess. But anyway, how about that? Seven that, granddaughters. That is that is unique for sure. <laughs> no question about it. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm sure I'm sure you're loving being a grandpa, and I'm sure. Oh, are, are you great? Uh, well, let's just say they're 18. Let me think about this. I have twins that are 18. I have a 13 year old, and then we have from there a soon to be four year old, a two year old, a two year old, and and a newborn coming. So yeah, are, are they got, got some diversity in what's going on? The, you know, obviously the, the younger daughters got married a little bit later in life. And so now they're just starting to have kids. So, yeah. Are your grandchildren interested in scuba diving as well? Oh, absolutely. The, the twins have been diving with me in Cayman. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. They are. You, you, you have to be. You can't be in the McNeese family and not be a diver. I mean, the, all the guys are divers as well. So they've all been on uh, aggressor with me as well. You know, my whole family has so yeah my, my four-year-old is chopping at the bit too he's ready to to get underwater 
And I'm sure granddad's going to have him in the pool before any time soon. I'm sure he's going to have him in there. If he hadn't already had him in there, <laughs> you know, when my twins turned six, I had um, a guy at custom buoyancy make me two tiny BCs. I mean, really, really tiny BCs. And, uh, and then I got some little seven cubic foot bottles and, and regs and put them on there and put them in the pool. <laughs> they, they loved it. Obviously, we were only in three feet of water and it was just, just me with my grandbabies. And then I made them wait till they got to the age to get certified. But, you know, you have to wait. Sorry, but it's part of it. You can't go out there and do something that you don't let anybody else do. So I, I did the exact same thing. But boy, oh boy, I was chomping at the bit too. Yeah. Getting them in the water, getting them excited about water. But they've been water babies ever since they were born. I bet. I bet. Well, that's great to hear. Well, Doug, I think that's going to wrap us up. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Cole. I've, I've, been, I've enjoyed being with you. I hope I didn't bore you and yeah. bore your audience with what we talked about. Yeah, it's always great talking to you. Well, good to talk to you too, Cole. Thank you so very much. All right, Doug. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for tuning into the Inspired by Adventure podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.